Hello and welcome back to your latest episode of AB Side. With me, Ben. And Anzi. We weren't here last week. I was Why on holiday in Wales. Don't say Wales like that. What, like what? Like you're trying to be Welsh. I was on holiday in Wales. He was in holiday in Wales. Did you have a good time? Yeah, it was, was good. It a nice break. Getting out of Birmingham. Yep. Getting away from your work. It was good. Seeing family, climbing up mountains with Sophie. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it was good. Everybody needs a break. So yeah, so we've had a week off, but we're now back. Woo! What are we talking about today? Well, I had a bit of feedback for you, actually, Ansi. Oh, great. What was that? It's from my mum. Oh, yeah. Hi, mum. Coco. So in our gifts episode... Uh, you, you, uh, while my mum was listening, you said, oh, the worst gift I received was a tiny knitted elephant. <laughs> and, um, wh- while that was happening, my mum was knitting some elephants for a gift. For like a, babies. like a toy thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. How timely. Well, I took it back though. Right. Didn't I? I just said at that moment in time, it was, wasn't a great gift, but looking back hindsight, I can see it's a great gift. Yeah, that's true. They give me company in the, in the midst of lockdown. Yes, hopefully these elephants do the same. She also said getting an orange in her Christmas stocking was a luxurious thing um, back in the day. Back in Why? Because they're expensive. Are they? They were. Oh, back in the day? Yeah. What? How far are you going back? When my mum was a child. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a big deal to get a, a Satsuma or a Clementine in your stocking. Oh, okay. Sorry, I, didn't, I never knew that. Yeah, and then she wrote... These messages are feedback, Ben, just to make sure that I brought them up on the podcast. So that's, I feel like that's why we're having this discussion. I guess, I guess many times we don't realise how important different elements are to other people unless someone shares it with us. Then we, I feel like our perspective changes. Like I, I, I d- never knew about the Satsuma in a stocking thing um because i've not been brought up with that whether as for us it would be i don't know something that parents do be sacrificial Mm. type of love i don't know acts of service um parents would drop whatever they're doing just to drive us to kumon (laughs) (laughs) i'm pretty sure no child is seeing that as an act of love at the time no i did not see that as an act of love i hated it it was a chore but it it is self-sacrificial the fact that my mum had to, you know, work hard to just pay for tuition and be the taxi service and pick us up at like 2am. You did Kumon at 2am? No, no, no. If we were out. <laughs> okay. Wow. That is, that's a pretty, yeah, 2am. All right. Um, do you have any feedback? Not, not anything adequate, really. Okay. Other than, oh, yeah. There was this feedback, Ben, where someone commented that said, they really enjoy listening to us bicker. We're like siblings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I enjoy bickering with you. Uh, I do to a degree. Sometimes it's annoying. Sometimes I'm like, oh, are you going to be that father that expas- exasperates his child? <laughs> nope. Just, just my siblings. You're exasperating me. Just my so, siblings. So, yeah. mm, go figure. Anyhow, let's get cracking on today's show. All right.
What's today's topic? Today's topic is、uh, this show on Netflix that has has come on recently called American Gospel: Christ Alone. Okay, that sounds really、um, ambiguous. That title alone, right? It is ambiguous.、Um, so, so my family asked me to watch it. Oh、uh, yeah, and then I watched it, and then I asked you to watch it. Yes, and I just finished watching it about thirty、uh, minutes ago. Yeah, it's not a not a quick one. No, it's not. I had to pause several times just to like comprehend what was going on. Okay, so can you summarize what you just experienced? In a nutshell, I think it was quite solid because it. Well, when I first started watching it, I think it was like a couple of nights ago. It was too late in the night to watch something so meaty. It started off with the gospel, like the primary gospel message, which I was like, "Wow, this is beautiful!" But this is not something I can fast forward and like. You know, when you're scrolling on your phone and you're watching Netflix, yeah, I couldn't do that. I couldn't multitask.、Um, and then, on top of that, I think it's it's one of those things where you have to sit down and really pay attention. And ideally, not at the end of the day, but like. When you are most awake, <laughs>、um, to really watch it and enjoy it. So it started off with gospel, the gospel, the core message of the gospel. It looked a bit about、um, what the Catholics believed. Like they they had a really good,、um, they had a really like their visuals are really good, like illustrations, just to show you, like、um, you know, on a timeline,、uh, what you do.、Um, Experiencing salvation, and then you know, like yeah, yeah, like、I、a like graph、that. thing,、um, and then and then it goes straight into well, after about thirty minutes in, forty minutes in, it goes into the prosperity gospel, which is what I thought it was about at the start, but I was just surprised because it started off with the gospel, and I was like, wait, there's nothing dodgy about this. <laughs> but then it goes into the prosperity gospel, and then it talks about healing. Yeah, 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 and talks about why the prosperity gospel is a bad thing. Yeah, so it, it is. I guess it's a documentary, kind of about false, false doctrines, false、Heresies. teachings. Yeah, and and they probably wouldn't put it across as who's well, they. Maybe they would. The the people in the doc, who made the documentary. I don't know if they would put it as harshly as as heresies or not. They did. Did they? Yeah. Did they say heresy? Yeah. Oh, okay.、You、sure. Yes. When because they compared it to、uh, Gnosticism. They did talk about Gnosticism, yeah. Well, some of it is definitely heretical. Some of the stuff that、yeah. was in there, yeah. Well, here's what I got from it. Right, <laughs> I don't know if this is a summary statement, but、um, but basically, I whenever I watch documentaries or reality TV shows, I have to think about someone's produced this,、mm. right, and they're taking things out of context. Right, so they'll they'll purposely pick out quotes that are the most extreme views, and and when you take things out of context, there is a danger there. Just like you know, certain people will take things out of the Bible out of context. So that's why I'm always hesitant to take reality shows or documentaries word for word verbatim, because you are taking one thing and blowing it really out of proportion. Do you get me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I kind of know what you're what you're going going at.、Um, let me just summarize、uh, what kind of I think generally, and then we can get into some specifics. Okay. 
so when when Mandy and I watched this, we noticed that um, there's a certain type of demographic, certain type of um, person who was interviewed on this show. Did you notice? Did you did you pick up on this or no? A, a certain type of demographic. So it's it's a video of um, maybe ten or twenty or maybe thirty interviews with different people, different different pastors around um, America. Most of them are middle-aged and white oh yeah um yeah. and their theology is very reformed um, uh there were one or two people of color yeah yeah one or two <laughs> not no, a great representation no female pastors oh yes that's his that is true yeah. actually i didn't even notice that sorry <laughs> there were two women but um oh uh, that were interviewed yeah, yeah yeah but they weren't really people in ministry no so i just thought that was interesting that kind of like you said there is an angle behind it um for the most part i think i agree with um with the stuff that was that was in this documentary but i just thought it was an interesting thing to watch because it raised some questions for me about um how much do we need to be thinking about um doctrine how many how much do we need to be thinking about uh certain things uh in our theology i've always said it and i'll say it again we should always be testing everything <laughs> Yeah, we should. <laughs> Always. Even when you are listening to a sermon online or um, reading, you know, a devotional, you should always be testing it. Like yeah. just because it's from, you know, Oswald Chambers and it's a devotional, um, you should still question what is being written and check if it's in line with scripture. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think this is what this documentary was trying to do, yes. although we should be te- checking this documentary too. So listeners, maybe you want to pause now and go and watch two and a half hours worth of um, of Netflix content. Um, or you can just listen to our, our summary review and then you Or you to. could just look online and see, you know, a synopsis of the show if yeah. you don't want to of course. subscribe to a certain <laughs> streaming yeah. Yeah. <laughs> platform. Cool. So let's start with what did you like or agree with i loved the bit about the gospel like it was just refreshing to be reminded of how beautiful the gospel message is um and i really liked the ending (laughs) how how they summarized it you told me not to watch the ending because it's really waffly but actually we always need to watch the ending of things because it's a good summary and it brings it back to christ and i think that is really important when you are watching a documentary of some sort, like there will be a final note that they want you to take home with. And yeah. And for me, because this documentary was about Christ, I knew that it was important to watch the ending. Yeah. It brought mm. it back to Christ. And I think I was nearly in tears, like <laughs> watching it, believe it or not. I was frustrated because I couldn't finish it in time. Like I think at, at the start of today, I, I was like, Ben, I'm not even halfway through i've only watched like 50 50 minutes of it and um but but i think once i get past got past it it was oh it was really refreshing actually just to be reminded of the beauty of what christ has done for all of us yeah well really hyping up this uh 
Well, yeah. This is documentary. Really, really selling it. I'm um, sorry. No, I, I guess I said I said it got waffly at the end. It felt like not that my sermons would contain as much content, but it felt like the way that my sermons go, where it's very tightly planned out at the start and then becomes more and more kind of spread out, and then at the end I'm like, oh, I need to pull it back somehow. Um, how, how I it was waffly. The whole thing was waffly. Like I feel like every clip that they showed, be it like a quote from someone who's like super reformed or super charismatic whatever they said i just really wanted to pause it was like i was reading a c.s lewis book (laughs) each statement was like loaded (laughs) either with dodgy theology or solid theology and it's just trying to unpack what was in that statement and that's why i struggled to watch it within two and a half hours yeah (laughs) i had to pause multiple times and rewind I'm really intrigued how they actually produced it because, like, it must have been a while. What what they were saying was like playing off each other, but there was like in each segment there was like maybe ten different people, like ten different talking heads. But it kind of seemed like they were all following on from each other. But I'm surprised they were able to get like footage from like people from the like um, the Word of Faith. I guess they're just using it. I guess I guess they're not. um, They need permission though. I don't think you do for like critiques and stuff. Like oh, really? That. Yeah, because but it's, they're, are they not, not making money from this? They've not this? doctored it, have they? Presumably, the film producers on Netflix would make money from the whole package, um, and if that includes like a five-second clip of Kenneth Copeland saying something horrendous. Um, Wait, who's Kenny Copeland? Yeah, so so Kenneth, <laughs> Kenneth Copeland is is one of the more established uh, faith healers. Um, and they had some clips of him in this documentary where he just says some just absolutely... What did he say? Well, we'll get to it. Um, stuff like, when I read the Bible and it says, he says, I am, I just smile and say, yes, I am too. Like... What What does that mean? He, oh, man. You want to go is that, that is that Yeah. Is that elevating oneself to be the same level as God? Yeah. So they had this whole section on little gods, right? Little gods. Yeah. So I didn't even know this about. I didn't know this either. I learned something new. Um, But there's this false doctrine where people are saying, or Kenneth Copeland again said, uh, we have the same spiritual DNA as Jesus. I like anybody could do what Jesus did if they had the right. Wait, wait, wait. But aren't we made in God's image? Yes, that's where where they get their, that's where they take their original. From Genesis, um, yeah, like let us make let us make man in our image. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that we're the same as God. Mm. Um, but in the prosperity gospel, there's there's this idea that why are we not the same as God? Well, in the prosperity gospel, <laughs> first uh, there's this idea that you're because you have the same spiritual DNA allegedly, your spirit is the same type of spirit as God, and that means that you have the power to create things. So you can say, "I'm not poor." I'm I'm I've got money. Money is coming to me. Oh, name it and claim it. Yeah, name it and claim yeah, it. Yeah, this one we knew from before. Right, but I didn't realize the underlying like if you speak it will yeah. happen type thing. But they support that. Wow, that's they really dangerous. They try to support that by saying that yeah, we are similar to God. Well, I guess that makes sense. If you name it and claim it, then it's kind of like God because when he named things out loud, let there be light. Poof, there was light. Yeah, because he's God. Yeah. Just because we're made in God's image doesn't mean that we are the same as him. Mm. Yeah. 
That yeah, I thought that was really interesting. I also thought it was interesting how um, they also talked about Jesus being subordinate to God, which I never knew they believed that. I only know that Jehovah's Witnesses believe that. Yeah. So again, the idea of that is to humanize Jesus to the point where they can say, well, look, Jesus did miracles and he was a, a man. And so therefore I can also do these same yeah. things. And it's not about gifts of the spirit. Maybe we'll talk about that later. It's not the same thing as gifts of the spirit. It's saying that that they are functionally no different from Jesus, because which is they did, absolutely They insane. quoted from Philippians 2. Mm-hmm. It says in Philippians 2, um, 5, 6, and 7, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. I just thought that was like, I I never knew that they believed that, that the fact that Jesus coming to earth, he emptied himself, reset himself to become like man. Yeah, and they, they actually claimed that he gave up his deity yeah. at that point. I don't think that's what that's saying, though. This is where I think people are confused because it's like, oh, how is it possible that he's 100% God and 100% man? Right, yeah. And I think that's why for the people in Prosperity Gospels, they believe that he emptied himself. He cannot possibly mathematically be 100% God and 100% man. He can only be 100% man. Right, that's what they're saying. Yeah. And, and well, so he I is guess, still 100% man. Yeah, yeah, but, also, but like yeah. also 100% God. But I think it's the confusion of the Trinity. Mm. Like it's, yeah, there's, there's um, the doctrine of their Trinity theology is not Trinitarian view. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, so in my notes, I've got all of these different bullet points. And then at the bottom, I've got a bullet point entitled crazy stuff. I think we've just jumped to all the crazy stuff. <laughs> just jumped straight uh, to it. Because, we're just addressing all Yeah, that. let's just address it now. Because there was one point in the documentary and I was just like mind blown. What? They believe that there's nine? Mm, yeah, Benny Hinn, uh, another famous um, faith healer, said, um, if you believe it, there's nine of them. He said them. He didn't even. He like three times three. Yeah, each element of the Trinity is triune, is what he said. And that means that there's nine. So, like three times three beings, of each deities. of the Trinity. Yeah. That's, I never knew that. Like, it's just crazy. Like, what? How is that even possible? Why even? Why would you split them up? Yeah, I don't. It's, it's mad the stuff that some of these people say. Multiplication. Yeah. And I think at this point, I mean, like, these guys, Benny Hinn and, and Kenneth Copeland, um, Pretty much anything they say is outrageous. But then you start to think about the were there people in the who they were kind of rebuking, people in the prosperity movement that that you didn't realise were in this level of of um crazy. Yeah, of heresy. Because there were definitely for me, I was like, Oh well okay, I okay. didn't realise this person was saying this. Yeah. Well, I think I grappled with this a lot during Bible school. Because we were told to not just look at one person's perspective. We need to look at many people's perspectives. Yeah. But I think there is a danger of still taking that one quote from Benny Hill or like all the other famous people in the prosperity gospel movement um, and misquoting them. I think what would be useful is to actually watch it for yourself. 
Yeah. Um, because then you can also see where you stand theologically. So it, we sh absolutely should be doing that. Although I would say the quotes that they used in this were pretty unambiguous. <laughs> you know, if, if Kenneth Copeland is saying, God says, I am, and I just say, I am too. Like, I'm immediately like, this guy is not is not sent from God. There's a, like, there's God a John Rothstein book a about this, isn't him. there? What, he, he wrote a book about something, something I am. Right. Oh, yeah. Joel Osteen had the, had the like, name it and claim it as well. Didn't yeah. yeah. Um, and, but again, like, the, the quotes of him saying things like, oh, you know what? Um, it doesn't matter which religion you are. It all, like, we just want, God wants everyone to be a good person. Like, you hear that and you're like, ah, I, I feel like I don't need to, to, to read more into his theology because... Why? Because at that point, and, and they made this point in the, in the documentary, like... There's a point where it is not the same gospel. It's not, it's the, not gospel. the gospel. It's not the gospel, yeah. And so at that point, you have to say, well, these people call themselves Christians, but that's not what a Christian is. What's a if, Christian? If you're then? claiming that, that Christ is not fully God and that our salvation doesn't come purely 100% through him, through Christ alone, then that's not a Christian, is it? Because hmm. basically the documentary starts off with um, what the gospel is. And the way that they illustrated it is, it's what Christ has done, therefore we go and do. So salvation equals, what was that, what was that formula again? Salvations equals, help me out, no, Ben. Faith, faith equals <laughs> salvation plus works. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I did not write that bit down. So because you are saved, you then produce works. That is, Fruits. That is a, yeah, that is a sign. Um Whereas the alternative, the, the works-based gospel is you have to do something in order to be saved. So what does uh, someone who believes in the prosperity gospel have to do then? In give order, money. Give to, money, okay. To the, the preacher, right? Anything else? Um, have enough faith. Have enough faith. Yeah. So those are the two components, would you say? Yeah. And my concern with, with saying to someone, you haven't been healed because you don't have enough faith is that you're putting all of the point of failure onto that person. You know, they're desperately looking for something and um, it's, not, it's not bad, bad teaching. It's not, um, it's not God choosing not to heal you. It's purely down to your own, your own work, isn't it? Yeah, when it boils down to it, when you strip everything back, but hmm, isn't that Catholicism right there as well? So that's what they were. I thought it was a bit odd that they put a bit in about Catholicism when really the the main part of it did seem. Well, to that's be what about Catholicism is, well. though. Is what you do in order to get. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes, it is. Um, but that's a that's something different to. The prosperity gospel, but they did tie it back together because they were then making the point that um, you, appealing to unity and saying, "Well, why are we attacking our brothers and sisters?" That only works if there is a gospel to be unified around. Is there a gospel to be unified around then? Absolutely. With like what the Catholics believe, what we believe, the Protestants, and within Protestant denominations, there's many mini denominations. 
I think that's the point they were making. If you disagree explicitly or through some other like belief like other other doctrines that you have if you disagree that salvation is by christ alone then we can't we can't say oh we're all in the same boat and we just have different ways of looking at things right because if you disagree that the only thing that gets you into heaven the only thing that restores you with god is jesus's death on the cross and his resurrection if you disagree with that then we can't come to some common ground because that's the most central and critical part of our faith Hmm. it sounds really we sound really judgmental here though ben just us talking about this show right like this because when i when i watched it i knew of people in my life that actually follow and listen and really agree with these ministries Right. For like, so like, I know people that will go and pray for healing for long leg, short leg. (laughs) And I know of individuals that will go on mission trips and do the whole, you know, praying for healing and, and helping the poor, which is great. Yeah, I think we should we should go out of the way to make it clear that we both believe in supernatural Yes, 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 yes. I, um, I strongly believe in that too. Yeah, we believe in social action as, as you can go back and listen to our podcast about. Um, so it's not to say that those things don't happen. It's not to say that we shouldn't pray for healing. It's not to say that, that the Holy Spirit doesn't work in miraculous ways. In modern in, day society. Yeah, absolutely. We're not cessationists, basically. No, yeah, we believe that he does do that. I think what the difference is, is, um, well, so specifically with, with the signs and wonders, um, they were addressing some, some people um, who, instead of sharing the gospel, would do signs and wonders. Yes. So they had, they had this, this clip of uh, Todd White, is mm, it? Todd White. Yeah, of Todd White. Um, and he would, he would go and he would pray for healing and then he would just say, I'm not, I'm not here to... to tell you that you need to repent i just want to tell you that he didn't even use the word repent he didn't even want to use the word repent and so at that point like how is that person's life better okay maybe they've they've been healed of um of some some malady that they've got but Mm. uh but if they don't know jesus then ultimately that's just a temporary fix isn't it because ultimately we all die and, and if we don't if we don't repent and if we don't accept jesus's gift of eternal life then then we end up not spending that that time in eternal life and we end up in hell i think what it is is that many times they just look at the love aspect they don't actually address the sin which we all need to address the sin like you won't come to god unless you are fully aware of your sin and in need of a savior to save you and so i think it's it's really sad actually when i was watching it i was in some ways, upset that people would be, you know, preaching this way, but sad that how come the gospel isn't proclaimed from their life? Why aren't they believing it? Why are they believing into this lie? Um, And it made me think, you know, we do have to address the sin. But I, I, there was a point in the, in the documentary where it's, it actually talked about how 
these people involved in this um, movement are untouchable, mm. like because they're anointed. The term anointed. What does it? What does that mean? That you're special and chosen by God. Protected, and yeah, you you're like a prophet, and and so they're untouchable, and you can't even speak against them. Because if you are to speak against them, you'll be cursed. You're not even allowed to question their teaching or theology or their lifestyle. And to me, it's that's bad. Because in the Bible, it does say we need to test everyone and everything. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? What? Um, what was good about this this documentary? I think, I think I enjoyed it overall. Um, I think normally, though, I would if I saw something this reformed, I would kind of be like like you said, like, is this a bit judgmental? But they, they went out of their way to say, you know, like, we actually want these people to yeah. to see their errors mm. and and not being afraid of calling them it's out. It's a rebuke. Yeah, not being af- afraid of saying, you know, like, this, what you're saying is definitely wrong, but we still want to see you come back. We still want your ministry to be, to be uh, useful for the gospel instead, yeah. of, um, instead of anti-gospel in some cases. Because in some ways you, like Jesus came to perform, like he did, he did come to save, but whilst he was here on earth, he also did perform a lot of healings and miracles and signs and wonders. And even in, in John, it does, it does end with um, the purpose of his healing and miracles was that so you would believe, but the most important thing is to repent and believe, not the priority is the healing or the signs or wonders. Because, of course, you're going to attract a crowd when there's all this, you know, amazing miracles and like supernatural powers. But fundamentally, what Christ has done for you and me and all of us is that he died for our sins, which that is massive. Yeah. Yeah. He healed the 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 unhealable thing in our souls, right? Yeah. And I think... You know, like they they use the example of um, of the lepers that were healed in in um, in the gospels, and mm. and uh, they didn't all respond to the gospel even after they were healed. Um, they didn't come back praising. Only one came back praising. Yeah, and so while while signs and wonders can be a useful tool to bring people in the gospel and do, I don't think we should be putting all our eggs in one basket. You know. And saying that's the only way that someone can can come to Christ, because that's certainly not the case for um, the majority of Christians that I know. If I think about how they became Christians, it's not always through a miraculous thing, although it absolutely can be. It can be. Ben, do you believe that in order to be spirit filled, you have to be able to speak in tongues, demonstrate, like? Yeah, just the Holy Spirit being very present and filled in you. Uh, no. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Moving on. We're, um, we're in agreement there. That's funny because I when they when they introduced this section of the uh, thing, I was like, why on earth are they talking about this? Like, why not? Well, that's my... what that's what that's the core fundamental. Like I've I've gotten into many debates and arguments with individuals about this because they believe if you are truly baptized in the Spirit. Okay, as a believer, you've been baptized with the Spirit. The the basic foundational spiritual gift that you should have is to speak in tongues. Yeah. And I disagree with that. 
I disagree with it too. I just thought it was interesting that they put it in the, in the middle of this because <laughs> it wasn't really a documentary about tongues. Uh, yeah, about cessationism, which is believing that the that the Holy Spirit, the spiritual gifts are not present anymore, versus um, charismaticism, which is believing that that we still have the gifts. It wasn't really a documentary about that, so it kind of felt like they chucked it in because they were like, maybe some of the producers were cessationists and they were like oh quick let's we can use this to just like <laughs> drill so this one felt like a bit of an agenda to me oh, okay because because like the amount of times i've had arguments about this with people it just does my head in because yeah. it's go it, it goes to show like oh i don't have the gift of tongues does that mean i'm not a christian does that mean i don't have the holy spirit in me does that so it causes me to doubt and it causes yeah. me to feel like i'm a second class you know citizen well that i mean that is uh, a doctrine of some charismatics that that is damaging yeah uh, because they will insist that, that that means if you don't speak in tongues it means that you haven't been baptized, baptized in, the, in spirit. the spirit um 1 corinthians 12 says now you are the body of christ so he's talking to the the body of christ um in the church in corinth and individually members of it so he's talking to christians people that paul counts as christians god has appointed in the church first apostles prophets teachers then miracles then healing helping and ministering and various kind of tongues and then he says are all apostles are all prophets are all teachers do all work miracles do all possess gifts of healing do all speak with tongues do all interpret tongues sorry you mean tongues tongues yeah tongues Um, Yeah, I mean, he doesn't give an answer to that question, but I'm pretty sure that's a rhetorical question. And the answer is no to all of those things. Not everyone is an apostle. Not everyone is a prophet or a teacher. Not everyone speaks in tongues. And he's talking to the church in Corinth, the body of Christ, as he calls it. So I think it's pretty clear cut. Uh, like I don't think you can argue it um, other ways. I mean, we I would I would love to talk more about um, what the gift of tongues really looks like and uh and kind of this this word gloss glossolalia mm. um heavenly heavenly languages versus human languages but mm-hmm. i don't think we have time today maybe some other time yeah you can ask me individually privately if you want to hear my opinion on it maybe essay, we should we should invite someone on the show that would be fun let's do that <laughs> <laughs> i've got some people in mind i do i do um but aside from that i think the gospel message is to save. But in order to save, you need to be aware of your sin. I think that's what I took from the documentary. Right. Because, I mean, it's fundamental. I think if, if we were summarizing the gospel, I think we would. Can you summarize this gospel? Sure. Go for it. Um, this is something that they did in the, in the show, right? Like what did they, they do? They had, uh, they, they were, they had some people from, um, from a Bible study group and they, or from a church and they said, um, Every week they have somebody in their group summarise the gospel. Yeah, I like that. That was at the start of the show. Um, in fact, when I was watching that, I was like, I really miss Bible studies with humans. <laughs> um, but the gospel should not be boring, actually. Every, you should always remind yourself of the true story of the gospel. Sure. And, and it should excite you as a believer. Like, some people might think, oh, yeah, it's preached to death. Why are you going and, you know, in this sermon and talking about the gospel again? Like, we know this. We know this. Like, everyone should know this. But but no, not everyone does. Not everyone truly believes, you know, in the gospel. Yeah, that really... I'll come back to my summary of the gospel in a minute. Uh, that that really um, convicted me, actually, that yeah. section about preaching and um, how... 
Well, so they made the statement that that every every sermon should be focused on the gospel. What do you think yes, about that? Yes, I I agree because because you need to bring it back to Christ. I think so. When I started preaching, actually, um, Pastor Bert gave me some really good wisdom um, and gems, and and I still hold fast to it every time I prepare for a sermon. And it is we should always be bringing it back to Jesus, hmm. like because the moment you don't then it could be about self. It could be about something else. Yeah, what, what was the example that they gave? Um, ten, what was it? Ten ways that you can avoid sexual immorality. Um, so they gave an example of a sermon that was, um, that was not gospel focused. And it was a sermon that some, someone heard on, um, on the Sermon on the Mount. And the title of the sermon was 10 ways that you can stay sexually pure. And I was like, yeah, you know, like, that's not the point of Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount. The point of him saying, like, anyone that looks at a woman has committed adultery in his heart. The point of that is to to underline the fact that we are all sinners, like that that nobody is exempt. That that you can't you can't remove yourself from sin um, mm. without Jesus, without the Holy Spirit. So um, to to have a sermon where you're like trying to attain that is is like the opposite of the gospel, isn't it? Like, here's how we can make ourselves better people. So so even just like every time I prepare a sermon now, I have to align myself with Jesus and look to Jesus and I'm pointing. We all have to point people to Jesus, but you do have to look at sin. You cannot avoid sin. Yeah, uh, because, and sin is our, our desire to 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 be selfish to to do something that that serves us at the expense of of others or at the expense of god can i quote from so at this i think it was like 20 minutes in it says what is the only reason that sin has any power in your life oh, i love that bit yeah i had to like rewind it multiple times just to write it down what is the only reason that sin has any power in your life it's because we love that sin if the sin did not attract you, you would not love it. We give it that power. So we give, you know, sin that power over in our lives. But in order to get over that sin is an even greater love. So we need Christ. That Christ is that greater love that helps us conquer that sin. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my gosh, that's so true. Yeah. And so this made me think about my own preaching and you know not it's not just preaching but our own living our life yeah presentation yeah. of the gospel um not that i think my sermons are not do not contain the gospel but it, it made it maybe made me aware of where i don't enjoy preparing sermons as much and that's when they're on topics because topical stuff i find is a bit of a like I have to like shoehorn it in sometimes. It feels like... Oh, oh P.S. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, you know, like... <laughs> Another thing on the agenda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the topic is Father's Day. Oh, you know who's a good father? God is a good father. Like, you know... Who sent his son. <laughs> yeah. Um, whereas if if I'm preaching from the Bible, from a passage... I mean, I'm always preaching from the Bible. But if I'm preaching from, from a set a set passage, um, when you look at the Bible as a whole... Um, Jesus is all the way through from Genesis to Revelation. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. 
And uh, do you know what? So um, when I was going through the Old Testament during walking with God, uh, this um, discipleship course that we were doing at the start of the year, we're also doing that now, this new academic year. Um, I was going through Genesis. Yeah, yeah, signed up. I was going through Genesis and I thought, actually, it would be interesting to see what the Jewish people think of, you know, the Torah. And so I, I ended up looking up online and I found this, their version of um, like, not right now media, but similar. And they had all these awesome videos and, and they always do point it back to the Messiah, but they don't see Jesus as the Messiah, unfortunately. Wow. That's really sad. It is really sad, but I, I still find it helpful to see what they believe and see, cause they, they really look into the Hebrew um, and they, and it all lines up and it all points to Jesus. Yeah. Like just to hear, you know, how they interpret that part of scripture in the Torah, um, the Old Testament. But yeah, I think, I think there is the gospel message throughout it. it it's interwoven throughout scripture and that's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Is there a danger of just looking just at scripture? In terms of what? Just scripture. Like, what do you, in, in what context? This is another one of those open-ended questions. Oh, great. I don't know what you're, like, in terms like, of okay, 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 okay. So, or... so, so we threw around some words today, very, very reformed. Yeah. Versus someone who's, like, super, super charismatic. Okay. Is that a scale, would you say? No. No, no, I wouldn't say it was a scale because i sometimes i can kind of see it that way sometimes when you're super super reformed there is no room for the holy spirit i mean i i don't think that's in and because you're so black and white but i think that's not necessarily a reformed theology it can, it can be the two can go together but i don't think being reformed means that you have to be anti-charismatic if we're talking about charismatic in like the strict sense of the word and reformed in the strict to mean reformed as in you largely adhere to the to the doctrines of by scripture alone that's that's where we get our um our revelation of who god is and that's 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 enough to tell us it fully who god is um and you you stick to to the doctrines maybe of martin luther or um mm. Or John Calvin, um, charismaticism is the belief that the spiritual gifts continue today, and mm -hmm. beyond those, like the actual um, denominations, uh, reformed denominations or charismatic denominations, they add on other other things. But that's not that's not truly what those words reformed or charismatic mean. Does that make sense? Okay. I would describe myself as charismatic, but with a small C, but I wouldn't describe myself as charismatic with a big C and I would distance what? myself from charismatic with a big C. What's charismatic with a big C then? So like that would, that would be like particular denominations who are charismatic. Like you have to speak in tongues. You yeah. have to. Yeah. This is the way that healing works. You do X, Y, Z. This is the formula, you know? Um, so I would be, I would distance myself from that, but at the same time, I would say I wouldn't limit the Holy Spirit um, in how he, he acts um, today. Anyway, uh, what was your question? Your question was, can you, is, there, is it a scale? Mm. I don't think it's a scale, but I think, I think they can, you can find 
um, cessationists aligning more with reformed theology, perhaps. Mm, mm. On the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. And this is only one element of theology, right? Like, yeah. there's there's a million different areas of, of doctrine. Um, uh, pneumatology, which is the Holy Spirit, is only one of them, so. And then, on top of that, theology is theodicy. Theodicy being the theology of suffering. Right. And it in this documentary, it does bring about, and I'm glad they did actually. They talked a little bit about Job. They even like had a you know a snippet clip from Oprah Winfrey saying, "What kind of God wants you to be poor and miserable?" Mm. And I just I just laughed because Oprah Winfrey's um, journey has been quite an interesting one. She ha- used to be a Christian. Then I think it got a bit messed up and then i think yeah it talks about the secret which is like i keep seeing this book in bookshops i never picked it up i just thought it was fiction but i never knew until i watched this documentary that is that is modern day gnosticism right selling a secret knowledge that you know yeah it's it's a book about life and success yeah like a self-help book right yeah just like joel austin second blessings Joyce mayor or anyone else yeah but I just, I just thought it was really interesting how, like, um, yeah, when, when you really look at the crux of the Word of Faith movement, which is the prosperity gospel, um, they they package it in a way that you will not be suffering. Yeah, and I mean, like, that's not really what Jesus said. No, right? Like, in this world, you will face trouble. Oh. Absolutely. Jesus came and suffered so much. And when after he left, all the disciples became martyrs. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I think it's it's um, it made me angry. Some of the, the clips of the prosperity um, preachers that were on there, because. It's just like it's not just bad theology, it's like. It's deception, it's, actually. It's opposite to the gospel. Yeah, it's deception. And. And when you really think about it, in the Bible, it does say beware of false prophets, beware of the, you know, people that are wolves in sheep's clothing, beware of the lies. Um, and I think they, they actually had a few snippets of, um, they, had a, they had a clip uh, from Benny Hinn say, saying, if you touch the servant of God, you will be judged severely. But actually, I think those that handle the word of God and they mishandle it, they will be judged more harshly. And it says so in the Bible. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one thing they did is they, they had interviews with people. They kind of presented them as like survivors of the... Of the, <laughs> the um, yeah, yeah, yeah. People that actually movement. repented from it, having, you know... Well, what was interesting discovered is, that... I, like, they didn't present people as repenting of it. The, the way that I saw it is they kind of presented them as like victims of these... Um, Deception. These false teachers. Yeah. They, the way that it came across is there was a heavy emphasis on the leaders and their responsibility to... Care um, for the flock. To, yeah. Um, and, you know, like... But it is, it is the leaders' responsibilities. Oh, absolutely it is. It doesn't, doesn't take away from... Um, I mean, essentially what's happening is they're selling something that's, that's palatable, aren't they? Yeah. Like they describe, one of them described it as like the their version of the American dream. It's it's um 
It's it's really sad that it's gone overseas and it's it's actually in a lot of countries. Yeah. Africa, Asia. And it makes me really sad. Yeah. And they even said like even the Muslims really like this ideology, which is unusual actually. I mean, because why wouldn't you? Someone turns up and says, hey, like... No, look at my fa- fancy car. Yeah, and you can have this too, yeah. as long as you do X, Y, Z. It's very worldly, glitz and glamour. It totally is. But, I mean, the the crux of it is the reason that people go to these things is because it's attractive. Yeah, attractional. They just want success. And unfortunately, as Christians, we're not called to that here on Earth. So something that um, that that I I don't know if I have an answer to. They featured um, they featured Bethel Church and they fe- featured Elevation Church. Um, oh, because they do worship, right? Both of whom produce worship songs. worship songs yeah. that um, that we have sung in our church. Mm. Um, and I don't know how to feel about that. This is where we should always be testing even the worship songs that we sing. Right, and that's something that that we have really enjoyed doing. Actually, as a worship team, we'll we'll get together and and look at w- what the Bible says. Yeah, uh, yeah, and rip apart um, some some popular songs and not, not popular necess- songs or worship songs. Popular worship songs. Worship songs. Worship songs okay. yeah. yeah, not necessarily in a bad way, but we we will kind of take them apart and examine them. And that's and important. Say, it's called testing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and the worship we worship leaders in kind of enjoy doing that, ripping it. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah. I think it's healthy because it you have to test your own theology you have to test your own theology and it when you are looking at something constructively you are thinking about what you believe your core beliefs and yeah. I think that is a healthy practice to be doing anyway. Yes. And you know the reason why we sing these particular songs is because they are attractive, right? They sound good. They sound they good. They give you tinkly v- feelings yeah, inside because you, you know you've got things. the you've got the pads on. Yeah, <laughs> and Ben can do like his mini solo guitar. Uh, I can thing. do a solo on any song. Don't worry, Shandy's a shine. I'm there. I can. <laughs> Ew, Shandy's a shine. Maranatha. Um, right? It's those songs. There's a reason those that these worship albums are popular. Um, and and it's because they are attractive to us. Um, and it just made me take a step back and think, like, what, what should we do with that? Like, if we know that there is things that are, that are unsteady, unsure coming out of these, these churches, should we be kind of flirting with, with any element that comes out of that? I don't know. This is this is where I'm 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 stumped as well. And I'm being honest here is that on one hand, you know that there's dodgy theology from this church. On the other hand, does that mean that God isn't active in that church like even in certain areas? Like is God not moving in that place? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's tough. I mean, when I, I asked this question of myself um, before, in uh, you know the song "Amazing Grace" by uh, by John Newton. Yeah. So do you know the story behind that? Yeah. So he he was a, a slave trader, um, and he wrote this song when he realised uh, that that's not what God wanted him to be doing at all, right? And he repented. But 
what's interesting, Amazing Grace was written while he was still involved in the slave trade. So he repented and he stopped, perhaps, I'm not sure, uh, set, like selling slaves, but he still carried on transporting them after mm. he'd written this song. There we his, go then. His, his repentance was, um, was not complete at that point. And then he later realized, you know what? I don't want need to be part of this at all. This is completely um, sinful. But um, that made me kind of think, oh, well, you know, well, that song has had a greater good. Whereas at the time we might have looked at him and, and said, yeah, he repented, but he's still involved with slavery, you know. Um, so that that's kind of one side of it. But the other side is like, like you don't want to cause people to stumble and you don't want to... But Ben, yeah, not everyone is perfect. Not everyone is perfect. We're still sinners. We still have the option of sinning while we're here on earth. And I think, I think like God still uses us and, and I don't think we should discredit god's work in their life prior oh no no yeah and that's one side of it um should that not be applied to the same with like churches and things well there's a difference between us all being sinners which we definitely are um and like doing something that is deliberately against um the gospel or against god and so the question really comes down to like by by being slightly involved in this um in this area am i am i dishonoring god or am i am i contributing to something that i don't want to contribute like financially or or um popularity wise or am i even like okay you and i can can look, analyze worship songs and pick them apart but but can that can a, a brand new Christian do that? Are they going to spot? True. Are they going to spot issues um, within those songs, or are they going to? I think a lot of our not our congregation, a lot of congregations pick up their theology from the, the songs, songs that they're singing. Yeah, not in scri- yeah. not in scripture. Yeah, this is why we have to be solid in our understanding of scripture. Yeah, and doctrine. So I don't know. I, I I'd be open to some feedback on this. Um, like, should should we be distancing ourselves from this? I mean, the only reason that, that we're even having this discussion is because it's stuff that, that we enjoy, mm. right? Like, I wouldn't argue that anything that have come out of these churches is, like, unique in that we can't find other worship music elsewhere, you know? I think I think God still has the power to use different things to speak to us. To say that, no, it's like, no, we shouldn't be associated at all with these churches or we shouldn't be associated with this person is to almost limit God, I think. Well, I mean, I would absolutely say we shouldn't be associated with Benny Hinn or with um, or with Kenneth Copeland like, or with Joel Osteen. Like, okay, we absolutely they're, they're heret- should not be. heretical teaching, okay. Right. And so... I was surprised that that Bethel and Elevation were included in this, perhaps because I hadn't 
You didn't Looked know. Into, did you know about? Uh, I kind of had an inkling with Bethel because Bethel's been around for quite some time. Yeah. I didn't know about Elevation Church actually. Yeah. And like you said at the start, this is only one presentation. This is only stuff. one presentation, and you don't know the nitty gritty details of the behind the scenes when they are composing and writing worship songs. Right, but we do have quotes like from Bethel: "We are believing in the Lord for jobs and raises and benefits and sales and commission." That again is taking things out of the context, though, isn't it? It's that I think that sentence by itself stands <laughs> stands alone. Right, like as a, that was a, a declaration that the that the congregation was saying, and to me, I'm not sure that is that not God providing. God does provide, but, but there should always also be a disclaimer if it's according to God's will. Right, and that's that's the missing part, isn't it? That's <laughs> that's the that's the little God's idea again, isn't it? Like you're raising humanity up so that they can just name it and claim it. Hmm. Hmm. Like, if I have enough faith, I'm going to get that raise. Yeah. I, I, and that's not, that's not the gospel. So, Ben, what should our... Like, having discussed all of this now, what should our response be? Should we just go and, like, rebuke people? Like, oh, I don't think what you're saying is right, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to hit you across the head with a Bible. If you do that, to a stranger, what do you think their reaction is going to be? Or if a stranger does that to you after a sermon, what would your reaction be? Would it to be to humbly receive their feedback or would it to be like, I don't know you, right? Yeah, that's true. I think we have to be really cautious about how we engage with, um, with the wider community, the wider church, I guess, um, whether or not we we would argue about whether or not they're saved. We want everyone to be saved. Yes. We want everyone to actually be right with God and to, to know the true Jesus, mm, um, who is much bigger than this like genie who grants wishes, right? Like <laughs> he, he, has, he has created us and he has given us his opportunity for eternal life, for spending our yeah, eternity, spending forever with him. That's much greater than than giving me a new car or making my leg grow an inch. And so we want everyone to be part of that. So we have to be careful with how we address um, these issues. But at the same time, we can't just ignore them entirely. Yeah. You know, um, and it's not to say that w- that our position is infallible. Mm. Like we we all are humans, and we all have to. We all fall short of God's glory, really. Right, and yeah. we all we're all attempting to interpret the Bible, and we believe that's with the power of the Spirit to, um, to do that with us. But yet, there are some people who have different interpretations, mm. right? So you know, at the start of our podcast, like our series, when we talked about agree to disagree, mm-hmm. this is one area where we can't agree to disagree, right? <laughs> As Christians, um, yeah, yeah, on salvation, yeah, but I think fundamentally we can try to come to a resolution, but not everyone will be okay to. And I think fundamentally, when it boils down to it, it's I can pray for this 
individual, this brother or sister, who is grappling with their doctrine. Yeah, but but the other person's not going to see it that way. They might say, I'm going to pray for you because you're grappling with your doctrine. <laughs> I think we need, if, if, if we're talking about people that we know, mm. then we need to have a discussion. Yeah, we right? need to it needs to be a discussion, not yeah. a like slap them over the head with the Bible. I'm reminded actually of an essay that I wrote in in Bible school. Oh my gosh, I was going to say the same oh, thing because okay. I, I wrote an essay Wait, me, about this as well. My okay, fine. Um, about the Holy Spirit. And um, I was talking to my good friend about about it who has a different understanding of the Spirit to me. Um, and he was like, oh yeah, send me your essay. Like we, we had a really good conversation like while I was in the process of writing it. And I sent it to him uh, and he just gave me like a like a one line answer back. Like he read it and then he didn't want to engage with me. And I'm like, wait, where's this person coming from? He's more charismatic than me. Um, and I'm like, I don't think that I am like, I'm not saying that I am the, the expert on this topic, but it kind of, hurt that he didn't want to engage like he just kind of went agree to disagree you know like in his head but he didn't even say that to me um and if we do that we run the risk of like is and now i'm like does he think that i'm not saved because i am not as charismatic as him like you're not spirit filled right like that i i don't believe that everyone needs to speak in tongues so does he think that i'm not saved and then he's not doing anything about it like that's not cool (laughs) because I would want him to to say to me, "Hey, look, I really think you've made an error here. I'm like, going to pray for you right now, right?" But instead, to to just shrug your shoulders about and walk it, walk away. Yeah, it it kind of it implies that you don't you're not bothered about what they think. Mm, I guess, and I think that's important when we're talking about salvation. So, if we know people that are like like we said, I think we do know people that are um, more sympathetic to some of these ministries than, than we have been in this podcast. Um, <laughs> we need to have a conversation. And it doesn't need to be a, like, I'm right and you're wrong conversation. But it needs to be like, hey, look, this is, this is some evidence that, that, that we've come across. What, let's, let's have a look at it together and explore yeah. if that's biblical or not. Yeah. And think- to answer your way earlier question about, like, where do we get authority from? I think the Bible the is Bible. The, the if anything contradicts the Bible then that is not from God. <laughs> like, and if you're not sure what the passage is saying ask yeah. ask multiple sources not just one person. Yeah. People that you know have wisdom and understanding. Yeah. So I don't think me personally I can do anything about Benny Hinn and his um his money money grabbing um i don't think i can do that but i can definitely protect the brothers and sisters around me from that and that's why i think it's okay for us to to be um condemning some of these ministries Hmm. like we are today um because they are dangerous to the true message of the gospel which is that we are all sinners. Everyone falls short of the glory of God. And we need somebody to redeem us. And the person that can redeem us is somebody who 
is going to take the punishment for us. And that the only person that can do that is someone who is sinless. And so... Who's that? That's Jesus. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm being sarcastic, sorry. Right. But it's um, true. It is true. Yeah. And that's amazing. And and that's... I mean, that's that's the extremely simplified gospel, right? Like, we don't deserve, like, a good life. We don't deserve to be you know, live to 120. We don't deserve yeah. to have, you know, a, f- a flashy car and a big house and, you know, all the wealth and prosperity. Yeah. We don't but, deserve but any like, of this. We don't deserve the four walls around us. Yeah, we don't. We don't deserve the clothes yeah. on our backs. We deserve to be punished yeah. for, our, for our sinfulness. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's maybe where, where, where people can get it wrong. It's, it's thinking... I deserve the the next thing when actually you don't deserve the stuff that you've got. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think what I got out of the documentary was that it is actually in God's mercy that is why we are saved. He has given us this free gift of, you know, um eternal life and that is why we have salvation. We are saved. And I think that's beautiful. That is the gospel message. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. anything anything other than that is just not the gospel. Yeah, and if you if 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 there's somebody that's preaching anything other than that, it can lead you to a place where you're not relying on Jesus. Yeah, you're um, looking at other things, and that's why it's that's why it's dangerous. I think I think I would always say though, you know, like you said, do we sound judgmental? It can sound harsh, right? Like to it's say really that. judgmental. I I feel like I'm a bit judgmental right now. It, it can sound harsh to say we all deserve death. We do. Yeah, we do. We do. We really do. Yeah. Even um, to a non-Christian, they deserve death. <laughs> right. And and we're, we're stating that as a fact because we're talking about this fairly, like, academically. We need to also be showing love to people in the way that we communicate that. So it doesn't mean that we that we need to be um, like pulling our punches and not delivering that message. But we also need to be careful with how we present that like standing on a street corner with a megaphone shouting that people are going to hell is unlikely to bring people to christ even though your theology might be correct like if you're not doing it with compassion it's not gonna stick with people all right ansi how are you going to or what have you learned i've learned that fundamentally God is all-powerful. God is in control. God is sovereign over this world. And though there are going to be false prophets and false preachers and deception and lies, I think it's important for you and I to be grounded and rooted in the word, like constantly read the word. Write it Mm. on your heart. Wear it around your neck. Like I think if, if you do that, like that that will help you understand what is truth and what isn't but i think this is all doing though <laughs> we only do this because of what christ has done and i think there is a danger that if we don't look at what christ has done we'll always be trying to do so if you do just like look at scripture and only scripture and you don't think about what christ has done then that can border on legalism but I think the important crux of it is to always look back at the cross in Christ alone, really. Yeah, that, and build upon that. 
Like, let that be your foundation and let that be the reason why you believe what you believe and you do the things that you do because of what Christ has done in your life. And he has planted those seeds of truth and hope um, inside of you. And we don't have to do anything. We just let God water us. And that alone can bear fruit. Like, that's what I was reminded. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, definitely. The gospel message. Oh, sorry. I'm getting a bit of mush. Yeah, I think, I think for me, it's, it's, you know, there's that quote, we don't, uh, this guy said, we don't live the gospel. And I heard it and I was like, oh, mm, really? That's like a thing that people say all the time. What does living the gospel like, mean? Living the gospel, you know, like living about? Jesus. What's that mean? Well, like, I mean, in, uh, in that context, it was, it was like, uh, your actions don't, oh, I suppose to live the gospel is to show people Christ's love through your actions. And while that is important, I think the point that they were making is like, that is not the gospel by itself because it's great if someone says to you, oh, you know, you're so kind, you're so compassionate. Why is that? And then you're like, oh, well, let me tell you about this Jesus. <laughs> like that's that's maybe what we all dream of when we think about like living the gospel. Um, or like, oh, as long as I'm like, being christ-like to people that's enough to evangelize um there's more to that though right like you can god can still use you in your suffering yeah god yeah can use you in your cancer yeah like you having issues with parenting yeah of course god can use you in in all of those things um but actually the the point that it was making is like you need to be explicit about the gospel about what you believe and about what it means to be a Christian and um, I think that's for me not just in my preaching but in everything to be more focused on Christ because while I know it internally maybe I don't always express that and show that or explain that um, to other people. All right. I'm sure we've said something that you might have disagreed with, listeners, this week. If you would like to let us know your feedback, um, we would love to hear it. Uh, I know that our opinions or the opinions that were expressed uh, in, in this documentary, American Gospel, might not be the same as your opinions. And we actually do want to have a discussion about it. We're not, we're, we're not sitting here saying that our answer is 100% correct or infallible let us know what you think about the documentary yeah check it out it's on netflix you can get in touch with us abside at the bcc.org.uk or through our regular social media platforms or messaging services we will see you next week toodaloo